Welcome to Casual Swinger. If you're under 18, the following podcast is not appropriate for you. The subjects and language are for mature audiences only. If you're not mature in nature, just make sure you're old enough to vote. We don't take ourselves seriously, ever. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any opinions or statements made on this podcast, our website, or our blog. It's all in fun, folks. This isn't Dr. Phil. Now, consider yourself the listener properly advised. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Casual Swinger, Season Two, Episode Two. My name's Mickey, and I'm Mallory. And this is our episode. Well, one of two special parts, right? So this is a special series, and I know we always say it's special. They're all special, and they are our special parts. But this is when back you think to back, about it, back like, to back weeks, which that means yeah, it's yeah. really special. And today we're talking about something that is kind of not fun. Not fun, not sexy, but fuck it. We got to talk about it. Yeah, we got to talk about it because if you don't talk about it, it still happens. What are we talking about? STDs? Yeah. STIs? Yeah. Transmitted infections? Yeah. Uh, Taxes? No? Taxes? Okay, maybe not taxes. Oh, God, not taxes. I'd rather talk about STIs than STDs. I think I'd rather have chlamydia than talk to the IRS ever again. Ooh. Maybe you wouldn't rather I had chlamydia, but... I'm just saying. But okay. anyway, so anyway. we're going to bring you a lifestyle doctor, the lifestyle doctor that you guys met in Love our episode this guy. on Rooster Boosters, Phony Bonies, Cox Brackets. <laughs> now we're talking about Dr. <laughs> Charlie Rick. Charlie Sheens. Charlie Sheens. Right? <laughs> we had him over here to talk about sexual dysfunction, but we're going to talk today about STIs with our favorite resident lifestyle doctor, Dr. Rick. And we're going to talk about... <laughs> listen to you sorry it's kind of how i feel about his wife i'm like hey baby but anyway uh we're going to talk about some of the most common diseases and some of their symptoms the efficacy of some of their treatments and mm-hmm. of course suppressive the dif- therapies mm-hmm. difference between infections oh definitions we're gonna, have, we're gonna have definition yeah. time yeah we had vocabulary lesson it was uh, actually i learned a lot right because you assume like with doing the research and being you know established in lifestyle and having regular appointments with our physicians yeah, that well, we know it all, right? The only thing I've ever learned from WebMD is I'm going to fucking die. I get a head uh, cold and it's dude. always Ebola. Why? Black plague. Every time. Black plague. Every time. Swear to, yeah. Right? I'm like, my balls itch. It's like, you're going to die. It's cancer. <laughs> Leprosy. Fuck you, WebMD. <laughs> Fuck you so much. No, but it, it does, um, it does, you know, ring true to home. I think that... We operate in many ways thinking that somehow we are elevated and protected because we're in this community, and it's just not true. Because we're more honest, we're more open, we talk to each other better. I mean, we communicate better, right? Well, That's they really did what we're that in the about. 60s, too, but at least they had ignorance to, like, lean on. That's true. Yeah. yeah ignorance is a powerful motivator. <laughs> right. What we're going to do here is we're going to talk about our typical positive, sex-positive happy fun spin but this stuff is real it is and we just want to take the taboo out of having these conversations and being real with yourself your significant other and your partners yeah so think something through guys and this is something that dr rick actually comments on that blew me the fuck dude blew me away what lifestylers are in the same risk group for stis Uh. as people who frequent sex trade employees like Digest that for a second. Suck that one down for a minute. Uh-huh. Pun intended. Big pun. Big, <laughs> big, fat, thick, hard pun. 
So yeah. But so, hey, what else? What, what what did we do last night? Because last night was fun as shit. Shout out to the Joneses. What up, Mr. Mr. I got Jones. my sparkle fingers up for you guys. Uh, thank you so much. They spent a few minutes with us. We have been trying to stand up and meet and greet. And we're just so blind and so naive and so um, just overwhelmed with how we can stand something like that up, up for our listeners locally. And they let us like use their cycles and gave us some really great advice and they feedback. Really did. And, and, and kind of told us where some potholes are. Like they just, there was something about seeing their faces and talking one-on-one that just like made me love them even more. Yeah. Like I wish I could have hugged them through the screen. Yeah. So, it's, you know, it's one of those things where we've had the fortunate opportunity to talk to some of our listeners and get to know them a little better. And it's so, I, I don't want to say it's weird because I get it. Like you guys listen to the stuff we say and you get to know us, but we don't get to know you until we get to know you. Mm-hmm. So the way you get to know us is by the things we say on the air. So when we hang out or we talk, you talk about the things that we say. And sometimes for us, it's like, Oh God, I remember when I said that. I'm really sorry you heard that. And last night I got to I'm do that bashful. to the Joneses. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be like, in this episode where you did this, I totally got to fanboy on the Joneses. You did which fanboy. Was so much it was fun. so cute. I was trying to play it cool. Oh, I wasn't like, cool. I was, I was just totally trying to like, talk about what I needed to because I didn't want to like get because I get stupid. Like I have no game. I stumble over my words. Like I don't know how I'm you truly, ever got laid. Uh-huh. Some people found it charming, I guess. No, it's because you're hot. Mm. There's that. She's blushing because she's blushing. Anyway. So <laughs> let's talk about what it in the hell we're doing over the next couple of weeks. Because between now and when you guys er- actually hear from our, us on our next big episode, we're doing a big event in New Orleans. Er- Magrid, we're yeah. going to Nin. We're going to Nin. We're going to Nadia, New Orleans. So those of you that are out there that are going to Nin, and there's like 3,000 of you. There is some big shit going down at Nin. What kind of stuff? Oh, my gosh. There's parties. There's the parade. Jeez, there's all the theme nights and the parties at the hotel, the Blue Bayou and a Galactic Mardi Gras glow night. Oh, yeah. Shit, podcasters meet and greet. Oh, there's a big event at 11 o'clock in the morning on one of those days called the Podcasters Meet and Greet. If you want to be included, you want to come to the Podcasters Meet and Greet, you want to meet us and like 19 other podcasters, we're all going to be there. And I know at least your friends at Casual Swinger are bringing a shitload of Casual Swinger swag for you guys. Yeah, we're going to be the dorks with like the big backpacks and we're going to have prizes in there. We may make you work for him. We'll I'm going to look like a freshman <laughs> in high school. My backpack. Yeah. Be so like strapped up all tight. Cause we're going to have to for counterweight. At least I am. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I've got this giant penis that'll counterbalance the front. So I'm fine. Word. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to be there. We're going to have fun with some friends. We're really there to have a good time. We're going to parties and we're coming to hang out with you. So if you guys are at in and you're looking for us, shoot us an email at podcast at casual swinger. We're going to be monitoring that all week long. Yeah, we want to party with you guys. We want to meet you. We want to have drinks. Yeah, you got questions. You want to shoot the shit or you just want to shake a hand and make a friend. That's what we're there for. And we're going to be there starting Wednesday all the way through Sunday. So if you don't catch us one particular day you don't catch us at the meet and greet or you don't catch us at the table during one of those parties uh make sure you just reach out and we'll yeah. find you yeah and you know maybe we'll try to keep uh everyone updated on twitter let it let them know where we're at that's actually a really yeah. good idea is just put it out on twitter come yeah. find us on twitter but hey you want to know something else cool that we're doing <gasps> hey what she doesn't know my uh, ass she knows all about it have a podcast of palooza Ooh, i'm so excited about this this is like a huge 
like honor to be included in this group of humans. So I was looking at the website today and I saw a word that means a lot to me as, as a former journalist and, you know, former radio guy. And we're headlining podcast of Palooza <gasps> with some no. big fucking names. You're fucking with me. I'm not. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Us? Us? <laughs> yeah. So folks wow. like swinging down under Kate and Daryl. We got a thing. The Joneses. I'm like tearing up over here. How about Tara and James from Sex Uninterrupted. Oh, so amazing. All of them. Sex because those guys uh-huh. are legit fucking doctors. Dude. Like. Sexy. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Right? Swinger Diaries. Page oh and Pen. Oh, again, original inspiration. I'm fangirling. I'm just going to fangirl the whole time. I don't know what I'm going to do. All right, I'm going to walk up to them. I'm just going to start quoting their episodes and just walk away because I'm. I'm, 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 oh, I'm totally guy. doing the Wizard of Oz moment and you were there and you were there and I'm going to miss you the most and you were there. Yeah. Mm. No. And you and your little dog too. Well, no. Is there a bestiality panel there? Oh my God. No? Did I go down a hole? You did. Okay. I need the soundboard for <laughs> the effects. Wait, got one. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Anyways, so also there's going to be four more podcasters there. We are yeah, they're drawing, a surprise, right? Yes, they're a surprise. So we're drawing names because, you know, this event in Miami in May 2020. So I'm going to put that out there. Follow us on Twitter. Check us out online. We're going to be promoting this thing in the show notes. There's a link where you can sign up to come. There are 198 slots left. We've sold two rooms already. So that's awesome. Between, well, and yeah. I will say, as a resident of Florida, in Miami in May is brilliant. Oh, it's the shit. Absolutely brilliant. It's going to be so badass. There's going to be so much fun there. There's going to be a lot of great podcasters, panels, presentations, but more importantly, an opportunity to party with some of your favorite peeps. So, personally, I think we were chosen for really one big reason because we're Jedis. <laughs> No, because we live in Florida. It's in Miami. <laughs> I think that's probably why. Okay, well, that's a little less wind in my sails, but I'm still rocking it. I'm still on cloud nine because I think it's just amazing. No, I think we were chosen because you're hot. No, no, it's not. Okay, I think you're but hot. that's sweet. I love you. Well, you know what? I know why it is because we're dedicated to you guys out there that are listening to this show right now, making sure you guys have a great time and making sure that you get some great education on stuff in the lifestyle. And you know. When I say education, I don't mean that we're experts. We bring you experts. We bring you experts like Dr. Rick today. That dude went to medical school. And I'm not talking like how my kids go to college for 12 years and come out with a bachelor's degree. I'm talking about actual medical school. Yeah. No, he's legit. And he's, you know, he puts his money where his mouth is. He's also in the lifestyle. So you have a very unique perspective. And again, it's not gospel. It's somebody else's opinion. Even though they're an expert, it's still their professional opinion. So at the end of the day, these are your choices to make, right? It is. And that no one on this side of the microphone is going to judge you for those choices. No. And and so I think, you know, when we talk about events, right, and we've come on here, we've talked about going out to pineapples, and we've talked about hanging out and going to secrets. And, you know, I heard from one of our listeners, they said, oh, you know, we just can't afford to get out that much. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. And we have really started to try and find things we can do maybe that anybody can do Mm -hmm. uh and we're going to talk about that in an upcoming episode about you know what lifestyling on the cheap you know how do we do it and that's so that's something we're going to talk about in season two i'm not sure when we're going to get to it because we got to work on it a little bit and find stuff that really sounds like yeah i want to add value to that conversation and really like yeah, but, yeah. but you know, things like Podcast Palooza and things like Naughty in New Orleans, they're not cheap. They're not. And going to Hito, not cheap. 
uh, even, you know, flying to Orlando and going to Secrets, not cheap. Uh, anywhere, in a regular swing club, you're looking at, what, 150 bucks, 200 bucks. Yeah, most of them are, are membership um, or, you know, night passes or day passes. And, yeah, they come at a cost. So and what are the other options out there? And what if, you, yeah, yeah, for our listeners who live maybe in a more rural area, how? Well, I think I know exactly what we're going to do. What are we going to do? We're going to have a meet and greet, invite people to come to it, and it's not going to cost them any money. I love it. So that's the idea. I is love We're going to give folks an opportunity to come do stuff that doesn't cost them a ton of money for that exact reason. I love that. I think we're looking at, what would you say, September? Yeah, September. Yeah. So that'll be pretty September cool. is my birthday month, folks. Oh, you guys have to come celebrate with Mal. I'll be 29. But hey. Holding. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm, you look 29. You're full of shit. I love you. <laughs> anyway, so next week. So this is going to be a back-to-back episode week for Casual Swinger. We've done stuff like this before when we did the uh, Living History of Hedonism 2. But this one. So this week is STD's Stop, Talk, Decide with Dr. Rick. But next week, we're doing a special episode as a follow-on to this episode, which is with Dr. Aisha Bailey. Yes, and I love this. So we talk about STDs, STIs how you talk about them, what they are, how prolific they are in society in general, what our risks are in the lifestyle. And then we talk about worst case scenario. Let's say you get something that doesn't wash off. How do you deal with that in your marriage, your relationship, and in the lifestyle? And I think that is going to be very beneficial for our listeners out there. It was for me. I completely agree. And I do think it's going to have a massive impact. Uh, You know, Dr. Bailey is a licensed uh, doctor. She is a clinical sexologist. She is in the lifestyle, mm-hmm. and she is amazing, and I love her no-bullshit approach to everything. So we're going to talk about how to have conversations about STDs and STIs. And, you know, we talked with Dr. Rick about that, but I want you to hear it from two different doctors, right? A doctor that specializes in people and a doctor that specializes in human physiology. Yeah, think about it like you have physical therapy and occupational therapy, right? Yeah. Two different perspectives. So we're going to talk about your heart and we're going to talk about your body. Uh, And so today we're going to talk about your body with Dr. Rick. uh, And next week we're going to talk about having conversations, you know, when you both have an STI and one of you has an STI or neither of you have it and you don't want to catch one. So lots of cool stuff coming your way. Yes, this is heavy. It's going to be brutal. But we tried to have some fun with it and we did it the casual swinger way. And we hope you guys really enjoy it. And uh, as soon as Mallory tells you how to find us, we're going to come right back with the amazing Dr. Rick and talking about stopping, talking, and deciding on STIs. I'm going to flip the script. I'd like to see Mickey take us out and tell people where we where they can find us. Do you realize how badly this is going to go? <laughs> this, this is going to be like okay, okay, okay. Next time we, we're gonna we're gonna do a role reversal. Right. I'll be like, you guys can um, send us an email. <laughs> my name is Mickey and you dance good. Now that literally, you make me sound like I have some sort of syndrome, but it's true. I literally stumble over my words with repetition, but you, mm, you got it. All Let's right. See those all right. Move. All right. Let's cut this to the, to I the win. quick here. All right. We're casual swinger everywhere. Guys, that's Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SLS, Cassidy, SGC. Double Date Nation. We also have a website, casualswinger.com. You can reach out to us and ask us questions and communicate with us. Podcast at casualswinger.com. Shoot us a note, send us an email, ask us a question. Or you can just leave us a wonderful review on iTunes. 
Wow, was that your William Shatner impression there for a little while? That was. I'm so glad you picked up on that. I, I really did. It's it's like a Priceline commercial. <laughs> Guys, we're coming right back with Dr. Rick. Thanks so much for being here. You're listening to Casual Swinger. guys welcome back to casual swinger mallory here and i'm mickey and i'm here with two of my favorite guys mickey obviously and our good friend dr rick how's it going well i'm doing well today awesome thank Uh, you so much for joining us yeah so cool to be back here with dr rick and even though this is a a tough subject uh it is yeah it's definitely not a sexy subject let's be honest yeah yeah it's not sexy but that's probably why nobody really brings it up right i mean it's people want to kind of keep this on the dl and pretend like it doesn't happen as long as they use condoms right sure and it's definitely hard to approach but yeah but let's let's start by letting the good doctor reintroduce himself you it wasn't that long ago you were here with us right dr rick we were talking about sexual dysfunction and bony bonies and roman and hymns but tell us a little about you how long you've been practicing where you practice where you met us well let's see i uh been practicing in the southeast for wow it's been like 12 13 years now it's getting old uh-oh um, gray balls they're a thing yeah i know it's time to get the background again <laughs> <laughs> but, love uh, it yeah um been in the lifestyle for um five years five six years now and um met you guys at Hito, actually. That's right, you did. So Magical, magical place. What we have is a highly qualified medical physician who not only goes to Hito, but you're in the lifestyle. So these things that we're going to be talking about today, they really hit home with you, right? They do, yeah. it's uh, It was quite an eye-opener, our first trip to Hito, and uh, you know, we looked around and saw all the, the people uh, having unprotected sex, and it sort of blew our minds. Uh, my wife is a nurse, and me being a physician, we were all for having fun, but we uh, were a little blown away how many people were careless about it. I have to agree. I, I don't operate from a place of judgment, but it does raise a red flag, and, a, and that voice of concern comes into play, right? You know, I, I don't feel like our community, the people in the lifestyle, or people who are in consensual non-monogamous relationships are really talking about this as much as they should. Would you agree? I do, and and one of the I guess fallacies that that I think people are, are told or tell themselves, they you know, there's a common belief that people in the lifestyle are safer to be with uh, than regular people, and actually that's false. The statistics show that in the lifestyle, the risk is the same level as uh, being with a prostitute. Oh boy! Wow. So. People that participate in non-monogamous relationships are in the same risk group, in other words, the same percentage of risk factors as people who frequent people in the sex trade. Correct, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, when you're at Edo, when you're having fun, you, you put yourself in the same category as, as if you were to be hiring prostitutes because of, you know, the level of risk involved. Well, as, as a physician, you probably have conversations about, you know, 
the physical aspects of sex frequently, but how do we make this a little less taboo? I mean, as a lifestyle person, Mm -hmm. how do you approach this? If you're going to sleep with a couple or, or or maybe, you know, joining a couple or you guys are bringing a couple over, how do you approach this conversation? And do you approach this conversation before you have sex with them? I mean, you're a doctor and a nurse. How do you guys handle it? Well, that's exactly how we handle it. Uh, Like Mallory said, it's it's not from an attitude of judgment. It's just uh, open communication. And, you know, we just let people know we're in the medical field. And obviously because of that, we think about things differently than the average Joe. And so we just bring it up as part of our requirements when we're talking about our rules of play that our number one is protection. So we've never had anybody get upset about that yet. Awesome. Well, so when we talk about stuff like this, and there are a lot of medical terms here, guys, when we did the intro today, we told you some of this is not going to be our typical fun, silly shit that we do. I hope that you'll stick with us here, though, because this is solid stuff. And the place that I always start when I teach anything in life, whether I'm teaching kids, adults, old farts, doesn't matter. We love everybody. But when we teach, we start with definitions. So let's start with some definitions from Dr. Rick. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you a word, Dr. Rick, and you describe the definition for that word, and then we'll just go to the next one. And once we get those out of the way, I think everybody will have a frame of reference as we get into some of these things a little more deeply. So it looks like a test. <laughs> it is. It is your vocabulary test. Pop quiz. Best of luck. I hope English is your first language. Let's start with communicable. Well, it's uh, basically, I mean, you can transmit it to somebody else. Uh, just like you pass on information, you can pass on disease. Mm, communicate being op- the operative root word. Mm, big Got word it. in the lifestyle. Okay, cool. What about preventative? Well, obviously, you don't have to catch it. Uh, this can be prevented. Okay, so any measure you take to not catch something is a preventative measure. How about transmission? That would be the act of passing it from one person to the next. Uh like you pass the ball from one football player to the next, you transmit the ball to somebody else. So if you pass your balls from one person to the next, you uh, pass it on to them, transmit it. Got it. Avenue of transport. Got it. What about viral? So when it comes to STDs, there's more than one kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's bacterial infections and there's also um, viral infections. Uh, and obviously other kinds of infections too that, uh, you know, parasitic infections and uh, viral is, is one type of STD. And for example, you can have a cold virus. Well, that's one type of virus. You have HIV virus. That's another kind of virus. Uh, there's different kinds of viruses that cause different kinds of diseases. And in this category, we're specifically focusing on the viruses that cause sexual infections. Okay. So when we talk about, so you said parasite, we heard that word, which is a living organism that is now hosting itself, or you're hosting it rather. Um, and we have infection and disease. So, and we heard, we've heard my whole life when I was growing up, they talked about STDs in school, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about infection versus disease versus parasite. And what, I mean, what are we talking about there? Well, to me, the uh, difference between infection and the disease is uh if you catch something that can be erased or washed off, as you like to say, that would be an infection. You catch chlamydia, you get treated, you're cured, you had an infection, it's gone now. A disease is a permanent situation. You have it and 
Uh, that's the distinction I would make in this category. You know, like you catch HIV, you can't be cured of it as of as of yet. So all you can do is treat it. So with the disease, you have to sort of manage it. It's a permanent part of your life now, and it has to be dealt with. Um, versus an infection where you know you caught it, you get treated, and get fixed. Got it. And this one's a tough one. So I am not an English major. And this is definitely part of the medical terminology here. We've been doing our research and it keeps coming up. What about efficacy? That simply refers to the ability to produce a desired result. So if you're talking about the ability to prevent the disease or something that you would take to cure a disease, uh, that's where that term would come in. So how well shit works. The Correct, efficacy yeah. of my penis. Exactly. <laughs> is this a sliding scale? Like, how do we measure this one? Well, I mean, when I was younger <laughs> and I had to worry about it, I used to keep a picture of Barbara Bush, and she was my suppressive <laughs> therapy. So tell us what a suppressive therapy is, Dr. Rick. Suppressive therapy, that would be, um, so you have HIV and you take the antiretrovirals and they suppress the disease in your body. Ideally, to where the levels are so low they can't be detected, and the idea is to prevent you from transmitting that infection. Or if you had a herpes virus, you would take the antivirals to suppress that that virus and hopefully lessen the chances of uh, spreading the disease. Now, would that apply to any of the hepatitis? Uh, hepatitis is uh, a disease that you would be vaccinated for to try to keep from catching it. Mm -hmm. uh, once you've caught it, it can't be cured. It can only be treated. Gotcha. I know there's several versions. I know the vaccine was Hep B was introduced, what, in the last 15, 20 years-ish, maybe? Um, but you know, A and C would, were the two of the big ones. Yeah, yeah, those are the big ones. Uh, they've always had the vaccine ever since I've been a physician, so I don't know when it was introduced. It was before my time, so I'm not that old yet. <laughs> hey, you called yourself old a little while ago. So you did actually just mention something. You said treatable, not curable. So mm -hmm. when a disease is treatable, how's that different from a disease that's curable? Well, the you still have the, the disease. So once you catch herpes, it's permanent. You have it. You always will have it. And you just have to make a place in your life for it. You can suppress it and prevent or minimize the risk to your partners by taking your medications and hopefully not spread it, but it still could be spread. So there is some risk involved still. All right. That gotcha. Yeah. And, and I think we're going to dig into that a little bit more about suppressive therapies and, and how it affects people in the lifestyle and what their chances are of being able to continue in the lifestyle. So I want to get into that, but let's, let's actually look. So recently, uh, when we were preparing for this episode, I pulled up a bunch of shit, which you guys can Google this listeners out there. If you want to go do your own homework, you can the most we recent, encourage it. Yeah. Yeah. Go do your own homework because the most recent CDC report, there's a big-ass PowerPoint slide out there uh, that says that we've got a list of usual suspects when it comes to STIs and, and STDs in some cases. So uh, chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, trichomoniasis, HPV, which is uh, also known as PID, herpes, HSV2, and HIV. Holy fucking shit, that's a long list. It was longer than I ever thought it would be. Did I miss anything? Uh, let's see. There's a few on there you missed. Um, there's, uh, let me get over to my tab here. 
the uh, most common ones, uh, you've hit most of them, but there's chlamydia, gonorrhea, there's mycoplasma, genitalia, herpes. Yeah, what the fuck is that one? <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. keep keep on your list and we'll get back to it. <laughs> Hepatitis B, uh, syphilis, the trichomonas, the HIV, um, those are the, uh, the STDs. And then you have all the, uh, like the hepatitis, which is not technically an STD, but it can be transmitted by sex. So Right. So this mycoplasma, can you explain that one to me? Because that one's fresh. Never heard of it before. Honestly, I probably shouldn't say this, but that was a new one for me too. Uh, okay, that's fair. We're learning <laughs> together. So it's in, not- it's interesting. In some of the research I did, I had come up with, with you know, that is a infection with some potentially devastating results. I had done a little uh, research on this. Uh, with a gentleman that's going to be on our show in a few weeks who came up with a new sex toy. And he actually cautioned me about mycoplasma as being potentially devastating and very easily transmittable. So maybe what we'll do is we'll put something in the show notes for our listeners so they can read up on that particular virus, uh, which is a little insane. But let's talk about something that, you know, the traditional ones, Dr. Rick. Let's talk about things like chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis. Uh, and trichomoniasis, right? So I think those are the four that Ajax washes off. So let's talk about um, how you know, maybe if you have something, um, maybe what some of the symptoms are for men, symptoms for women, yeah. what the treatment looks like, and how important is that treatment for you to get you for you and for your partner? Right. So um, I'm not sure where we start, but usually uh, you, when you the most common symptom of an STD infection for women is the vaginitis symptoms. They've got itching and burning and discharge. And for men, you have uh, some discomfort when you pee and some discharge from the from the penis itself. Um, most of the time, that's caused by the gonorrhea and chlamydia. Uh, if you catch herpes, you'll notice the blisters on your genitalia or your mouth. Uh, HPV is essentially asymptomatic and until you catch the uh, warts that it causes or the cancer that it causes. And HIV is asymptomatic until it causes the uh, secondary infections. Syphilis causes a, uh, called a chancre. It's a painless sore that occurs on your genitalia. And uh, that's the classic uh, syphilis presentation. So two things, right? We fucking warned you this was not going to be sexy, listeners. Mm. We, we said this is going to be tough. This is class. Chancers. So. Mm, shanker <laughs> shanker mm. my wife didn't make dinner i'm gonna shanker <laughs> all right but so uh when it comes to chlamydia how common is chlamydia i mean what's the percentage of people that have caught it or that have it i mean is, do you have any of those numbers handy dr rick well you know of all the, the website i'm looking at of all the new stds that are found 70 percent of them are gonorrhea 63 percent are chlamydia so those are definitely the top of the list. And just for the record, those do wash off with Ajax and or a common antibiotic, right? The, yeah, it's uh, two different antibiotics we use, but yes, they are very treatable and curable. Awesome. And when it comes to things like herpes and HPV, those don't wash off. So when it comes to stuff like that, uh, I mean, obviously it's a little devastating. Uh, when you find out you have something you can't get rid of. Um, how's that conversation go with your doctor? Are there drugs out there that help? Well, you know, it, it depends. I had a lady come into the ER a few months ago, and uh, she came in and said she had a burn on her leg. So we, me and the nurse walked back, and 
took a look under the sheet and uh, she says she burned herself. Uh, what she say? She was on the uh, tanning bed, I think. And uh, first thing I said was, you know, first of all, that's not your leg. And the second thing is that's not a burn. It did not come from the tanning bed. Oh, shit. So, yeah, it was uh, kind of a tough day for her. Um, unfortunately, she had she'd got herself waxed and tanned and then taken advantage of her uh, her new situation and got herself a raging case of herpes. And, uh, uh, oh, that sucks painful. so much for her. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and so... You know, I realize that people do lie to their physicians. We've talked about this, right? Don't lie to your doctor. Don't lie to your accountant. Don't lie to your lawyer. Uh, and based <laughs> on the look I'm getting, don't lie to your wife. <laughs> but so, I mean, how do you have that conversation when you walk into an ER, an urgent care, your family doctor, um, and you look at that doctor and you have questions about these things or symptoms that scare you? Is there a way to even start that without feeling like a pariah? Well, you know, it's, it's a tough conversation, man. I think it's easier with your family doctor because you have a relationship there. Uh, mm -hmm. In an ER setting, we see it all the time. And usually people are there out of desperation. They need help, and that's their last resort, and they don't know where else to go. So they show up and ask for help. And it's a situation where everything's entirely confidential and, you know, there's no judgment or anything, but we see it every day and keep that in mind. This is not, it's new to you, but it's not new to us. And if you come to the ER with a chlamydia infection, I've probably seen two or three people that week already with the same thing. So it's not, um, it's a not regular shocking. day at the office for you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Is it true that when men's penises have problems, they come screaming into the emergency room? <laughs> Holding their penis like it's on fire. That's just you. Oh, okay. It's just me. <laughs> I swear that's the only way I get Mickey to the doctor. Is if I'm like, like Mickey's got some stories to share. <laughs> <laughs> He's very hyper aware and protective of his penis. It is my best friend. He, he may could, only have one eye. He could literally lose an arm and like rub dirt on like the hole or the wound and be like, it'll be fine but his penis is just a little, like, hanging a little too far to the left, we're going to the doctor, oh, I'm which is in, great. I'm putting it in a doctor's supple hands in no time. Yeah, which is great. I encourage that, and I feel like a lot of people should have that mentality. If something's a little off, I have no qualms about making that appointment and going, eh, it's probably fine, but just in case. She makes a lot. Most of the time, when the guys come in, it's because the woman came in and got treated, and then gave them strict instructions. They better show up and get treated too, or they're not getting anything more. So <laughs> you're not giving that shit back to me, Buster. <laughs> so if I could bring this back a little bit, cause this is something as a woman, I'm very interested in. I learned about HPV as a teenager and it really scared me. There was something about that conversation that I had with my gynecologist um, that really hit home with me and, and it terrified me and made me very, um, apprehensive about sex and very overly cautious about protecting myself during sex for a very long time. I had a history of cancer that runs in my family and it's not something that I really wanted to expose myself to. Now after some education, obviously, you know, um, my mentality's changed a little, 
but I'm still all about the preventative care. Let's talk about what HPV is, what it causes, and what the effects are on women versus men. Well, HPV is a virus. Um, It is not curable. And once you catch it, it's permanent. There are a number of different strains of the virus. Some of them are more harmful than others. Uh, For example, some of them cause genital warts. Others can cause cervical cancer or oral cancer even. And the good news with HPV is there's now a vaccine for it. The strains that cause the cancer we're now vaccinating for, and men and women can actually get this vaccine. And it's showing very promising results. Uh, One of the most recent studies is showing that it's almost entirely eliminating cervical cancer when it's uh, used. So it's really good, uh, good vaccine. Right on. Now that's the human papilloma virus, right? That could also cause what you call PID, which is pelvic inflammatory disease. Actually, that's caused more commonly by gonorrhea and chlamydia. HPV ah. is uh, just causes the warts and the cancer. The gonorrhea and chlamydia Didn't with that, that. is uh, it's the most common infection, and left untreated, it causes uh, pelvic inflammatory disease. Now, and, now is the risk the same between men and women? I mean, is because of the communication of it or the the ramifications of having HPV? Uh. Women can catch cervical cancer or have that as a result of HPV. Men can't. So the women are more at risk. The men really just have to worry about the oral cancers or the rectal cancers and the genital warts. Ah. Mm. I learned lots of things there. Yeah, and there's lot. So when we talk about some of these uh, STIs and STDs, you don't have to have sex to catch them, right? So in our as travels, Bill Clinton defines it. Well, no, no, no. As as okay. Mickey Casual Swinger defines it, <laughs> I actually, which is if you don't come, it doesn't count. That's correct. If I don't come, it doesn't count. Oh, you're such a shit. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so what I'm getting at here is, you know, as hosts uh, at at the resort that we frequent and we love, as hosts here locally for parties, we see a lot of organizers bringing sex toys various types. These sex toys mm. can be rideables. They can be, you know, premium toys. There's a lot of different things they bring. And I see them shared a lot. I see them, they see them cleaning them off with Lysol wipes. I see them cleaning them off with alcohol in a bottle and spraying things down and wiping them down. What is the efficacy of wiping down a sex toy? And can you still catch something from something you rode that somebody else rode before you, even if it was wiped down? Well, let's start by saying that sex toys were not made to be shared. Um, the I don't think I've ever seen anybody recommending that officially. Um, it, it, it does make for a pretty good party, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but, you know, obviously we're all about having fun, so we need to find a way to do it safely. The, the thing you have to be careful with is the transmission of sexual infections is the bodily fluids. So when you talk about wiping something quickly with a, a wipe. I don't know about you, but that's not good enough for me. I, I want to make sure that it's definitely killed all the uh, the germs and, and viruses there. So, you know, I've seen the, the same thing you're talking about, and they wipe it quickly with, uh, with a rag and put the next person on it, and um, 
I personally would not get involved with that. I would want a little more thorough cleaning. Amen. And the other side of that is I wouldn't spray Lysol up my pussy. So I don't know that I would put anything in there that was treated as such. That doesn't sound delicious. No. Lysol does not make pussy taste better. Doesn't make it feel good either, I would imagine. I don't have a pussy, but I know Lysol is not delicious. But you stayed in Holiday Inn? What? Not last night, but before. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, we've got all these tools to protect us, Dr. Rick. We've got, and, and, and I think safety ratings have kind of been overestimated because, you know, initially, you know, when I was in high school, it was like, you have a 99% chance if you use a latex condom with spermicidal lubricant of preventing pregnancy and infection. And I don't think 99% is fucking right. I think that's well overestimated. So how effective are condoms, dental dams, and any other barrier contraceptive against STDs? And is there anything new on the market that maybe my dumbass doesn't know about? Well, the number one recommended prevention is a condom. And it's not a 100%, but it's pretty good. Uh, there's no way to prevent completely sexual infections if you're doing what we're doing there is risk involved and what we do is we weigh the risk benefit ratio and we say you know it's worth the risk to have fun and honestly that's what my wife and i do when we're at hito we mm-hmm. first got into lifestyle you know she's a beautiful woman everybody wants to kiss her and, fuck yes she is right so you have all these old farts that want to kiss the pretty little girl and that was one of the first things we had to have a conversation about like we don't want to be rude to anybody but we also don't want to kiss the entire resort because there's no benefit to us if we're not going to play with a couple why would we exchange any bodily fluids with them because we don't get anything out of it so if we are not going to have fun with somebody we're not going to kiss them so if you go to kiss my wife now she'll turn her cheek and kiss you on the cheek um it's a lot safer than kissing on the mouth Uh, you can transmit hpv that way there's just no reason to take any risk well, and, and that goes, that actually opens a huge rabbit hole of consent too, because a lot of folks who feel they, maybe they were raised that way, maybe that's their culture, that it's okay to greet somebody with a smooch. Um, me personally, I have never felt that it's okay to, you know, to approach somebody lips first. Um, but I think there's Especially a lot of people, somebody you're meeting like yeah. for the first, maybe a few times. Yeah, yeah might, everyone's got their... I might throw my hands out real wide and go, are we huggers? Is that how we roll? And then and that <laughs> gives them an opportunity right, to extend a hand and say, this is my level of consent, but we'll talk about consent in another episode. You know, it's uh, but you know, is there anything that we're unaware of that's new in the market? I mean, condoms are number one. What are, what else are people using? Vaccinations are important. Uh, things like hepatitis, HPV, uh, those are huge. Um, yeah, unfortunately, some of these don't have any vaccines, but when you can, you should be vaccinated. Uh, in our situation, I think being in the lifestyle, we should we should all be vaccinated for HPV. We should all be vaccinated for uh, hepatitis, A, B, and C. Or again, there's no vaccine for C, but A and B. And um, you know, as much as you can, use use safe sex. Be be cautious. Yeah, yeah, we do take on that risk. And I think you're absolutely right. I think you hit the nail on the head there. There's a certain amount of, you know, ethical um, conversation that you have, and then you you assume the risk. And, you know, it's everyone's individual choice of whether it's worth it or not. And I've been lucky. It's been worth it so far. Clearly, (laughs) I have issues because I almost broke into a little Jackson 5 there. A, B, C. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to write a hepatitis song now, aren't you? I am, totally. Okay, that's what we're doing with the rest of our evening. Thank you very much. So... 
my question for you next is, how often do you think, this is hypothetical, that lifestylers get tested? You know, I think it's an individual individual thing. Yeah, I certainly have my opinion, opinions on it. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife and I get tested every time we come back from a trip. Um, that's yeah, not, not for everybody, I guess. Some people would only get tested when they have symptoms. Uh, some people don't bother at all. And it's just like you see down there at Edo. You know, you see some people that are selective who they sleep with, and then some people sleep with everybody. And it's true. I'm gonna uh, go with know. I'm gonna go with even uh, th- those of us who are very hi- hyper aware. It's probably still not enough. Like you said, most people wait till they're symptomatic, right? Right. I've I've always been advocate for responsibility. Uh, you, if you have it, you have it. You might as well find out and get it fixed or treated if you if you can. Um, it's not going to do anybody any good for you not to know about it. The scary thing is there's a large number of people who have infections that are unaware of their being infected. That's terrifying, number one. But, you know, it's funny. I've, I've, I've heard some other great conversations on this topic. Uh, you know, I got to give uh, uh, Life on the Swing Set a, throw, a throwback here, a shout out. Uh, they did an episode on STDs uh, like a year ago, maybe a little longer. And one of the things that came out during their episode, which really stood out to me, was that if you have a test and you have any sort of sexual interaction with somebody else, even your spouse, the test results are out the window unless they got a test too, right? So your test is only as good as the last person you had interaction with. Ah, controls and variables. (laughs) There's the smart girl for you. Well, It's even scarier than that because take HIV, for example, um, I think as many as 25% of the people who have it are unaware that they have it, which that's terrifying in and of itself. And then there's a six month window where you won't, you could have it, but not test positive. So you could have it test negative and pass it on to somebody before you even found out that you had it, even if you're being regularly tested. So, Oh, Jesus Christ. It's terrifying. Huh. All right. So let's that's say somebody lot. That's catches. That's a lot to take it. yeah. It is. But let's say somebody catches a curable STI. Should we get tested post-treatment because they give you this handy-dandy little bottle full of antibiotics and you're supposed to go take it and sooner or later it doesn't burn when you pee anymore. But is the treatment effective enough to just rock on or should you go back and get checked after your antibiotics to make sure you are good to go? If you do what you're supposed to do, and take the medicines like you're supposed to take them, you should be fine. What we run into often, though, is is people are either non-compliant and don't do what they're supposed to do. And with gonorrhea and chlamydia, I try to treat it all right in the ER. So they, they walk out with everything they need being done already. That way I don't have to rely on them doing what they're supposed to do. However, if, if somebody were to come in and be treated, then go back and sleep with the same sexual partner who had not been treated, they're immediately reinfected again. And you wouldn't think you would have to explain that to people, but you do. And it's amazing how many young ladies come in and get treated and they're back again a few weeks later being treated again because they their partner didn't get treated. And Do you think that's like a lack of understanding of how it works? Like, I've got it, I'll never get it again mentality? Or just... What do you think that is? It's a case-by-case case, uh, 
situation. Some people mm-hmm. it's an intelligence issue. Some people it's an education issue. Some people it's uh you know I don't give a shit issue. It's it's there's just uh, a lot of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something we've never held back, especially when we talk about our kids. Ours are quite a bit older than yours, um, per se. We're on the the back half of the parenting um, sprint here. And, you know, as much as they hate it at times, we've always been super vocal and open about talking about sex and stuff like this because we don't want them to go out into the world and be naive and not know those kinds of things. Well, it's, a, it's a wise approach, I think. Yeah, it makes for some squirmy children, but... I sleep better at night. Yeah, every time I start to have a conversation with our with our youngest, he's like, "Oh God, are we having this conversation now?" <laughs> I'm like, "Well, I'm glad you think I'm a god, but yes, we are." No. <laughs> I did have another question about um, the suppressive therapies, if that's okay. Like, sure. what about them for viruses? You know, how effective are they in preventing the transmission? And and can we can they be trusted? Let's say you know, let's say herpes or I'm well, blanking now. HIV. HIV, yeah. Right. They're very effective. You know, they can reduce, and it's a case-by-case situation. And most of the time, they can reduce the viral load to almost undetectable levels. But when you ask the question, can they be trusted, the answer is no. Once you have a disease like that, you owe it to your partners to inform them and allow them to take precautions themselves. And, you know, it may be as simple as wearing a condom um, and a lot of people have these diseases already and they may be comfortable sleeping with you still, but it's still responsible to bring up the subject and it's not fun, but you need to do it. It's, it's not fair to somebody to expose them to something out of pure selfishness and not give them a chance to protect themselves. I love that. And it, yeah, absolutely. Do not let the fear of rejection or having a negative response be your driving factor into not telling your potential or your current partner. Yeah, don't take the power of trust or power of choice, choice yeah. from someone else, no matter how hot they are and how much you want to fuck them. <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's really where we're getting at there. So uh, you mentioned uh, earlier that some STIs and some STDs can lie dormant, right? And be asymptomatic for a long time. So are there any non-curable diseases in this category? And if there are, how long can they lie dormant? So again, so we're looking at HIV, HPV, and HSV2 herpes. How long can they lie dormant? Well, you know, the, the HIV is a serious one, and that can be, it has a six-month window where you might not test positive. Uh, as far as laying dormant, I guess it depends what you mean by that. You can have it for quite a long time before it um, has any effects on you physically. And by the time, if you don't know you have it, by the time you wait until it's causing the infections, it, uh, it could be pretty devastating to you. So that's why it's important to get tested the um things like hpv you can have that for many years before it causes a problem it, it can be well i think it can take up to 11 years to cause warts in some cases so a lot of people have it and don't even realize it wow so you know again it's it's scary as hell right when we talk about H- we talk about HIV and, and HSV2 and, and HPV and we're, there's all these things that can happen, but 
let's not forget, we're doing these things in the pursuit of having great relationships and friendships and deeper, more meaningful sex with our partners and getting to know each other better and getting to know uh, these other couples. I mean, being in the lifestyle is fucking awesome. It's amazing. But there's a downside and we have to be aware and we have to protect ourselves because some people suck. Some people might know they have a disease. Some people might not. With great power comes great responsibility. Oh, I love it when she quotes Spider-Man. Now I'm all hard. <laughs> You're such a nerd. <laughs> I am. But, you know, Dr. Rick, we've scared the fucking shit out of our listeners yeah. here today. And we've talked about kind of how to have the conversation with your doctor or your partner when it comes to testing, diagnosis, and moving forward. So here's my thing. I I would like you to do me just a quick solid because you are a lifestyler and you are a doctor. And we talked about this before, but I really, really think the most important thing our listeners can take away from this conversation is the, I don't want to say the impetus, but the confidence to go forward and have these conversations with each other and have these conversations with their doctor. So if you could give somebody a sentence, if I came to you and I said, I'm in the lifestyle, Dr. Rick, and I don't know how to talk to people about making sure they're tested. How do you do it? So if you're meeting a new couple, how do you bring it up? And I know we talked about this a little bit earlier in their episode, but I want to leave people with something that's really valuable. And I think this is the most valuable thing we can do. Talk about it. Have the conversation. Stop, talk, decide. And that is exactly what we called this episode is stop, talk, decide, or STD. So how would you do it? And if you're talking to a couple, and how do you do it when you're talking to your doctor? One sentence, I need to talk to you about X. How do you bring it up? Well, first of all, uh, I'm going to quote my favorite doctor, Dr. House, who says everybody lies. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you did that. I love that you said that. And, and it's true. Every day people lie to me all day long, and I'll come in, I'll give them their final diagnosis, and then they'll finally spill the beans and tell me the whole truth about what's really been going on. And, and I'll say, you know, if you would have started with that, we could have saved you $1,000 worth of testing. And if you just told me what, what the truth was, I think that's, that's the case in the lifestyle. I mean, it's built on trust, but you really only trust your, your spouse, your partner. And the idea is to protect yourself. And I don't get into a huge, long questioning of, of people that we're with. I just assume that even if I did, they would lie to me. So my wife and I protect ourselves. When we go into this, we just laid out up front like I'm a physician she's a nurse and we use protection and it's not an option it's not on the conversation it's not up for debate and if there's a guy that tries to take his condom off we're done and my wife kicks him off and have a good night um, it's just not even up for debate and that's just something we do to protect ourselves and we also like to watch when we're at the resort and we don't jump into sleeping with people right away we just keep our eyes open and watch how people act if there's a couple and yeah they're hot but they've slept with five people already today we'll probably pass on them we'll we'll find somebody who's maybe not trying to sleep with everybody and sure. we just kind of keep our eyes open and that's what we do as far as with your doctor i, I think just be honest uh, you know doctors aren't there to judge people they really don't care they're there to do their job and take care of you and they've got what five ten minutes in the room with you and you're not going to shock them. We've already seen it all and heard it all and done it all. We pull various objects out of people's behinds every day. So there you go. You know, you're not going to bother us. So just say, hey, I'm in the lifestyle. I'm in a non-monogamous relationship. However you want to phrase it, whatever is comfortable for you. I sleep with multiple partners, and you know I need to be vaccinated and protected. 
So two things. Number one, with great fun comes great personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. I had fun with that. And mm-hmm. non-monogamous. Do, 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 do. Non-monogamous. Monogamous. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That fucking song's been in my head all day. This asshole right here across from me, like, brings that song up at breakfast and literally all day, like between conference calls or like I'm making lunch and like it's playing in my head and it finally stopped about an hour ago. So that's what I'm going to be sleeping to is Menomina. Monogamous. <laughs> I'm telling you. Hate you. Hate you so much. So I, I, to Dr. Rick's point, I love that. Everyone has their, their threshold, right? Their, their, their level of comfort with other people. You do make a great point. Human nature some people just lie you have to assume the risks and it doesn't mean like don't get into lifestyle everyone run away and leave never have sex again join a convent like (laughs) go be a monk no that's not necessarily true but you know we just i haven't seen those conversations happen as often as i would have thought especially given this community so again we just want to take the taboo about it and if there's anyone to be shameless in front of absolutely your doctor well, and based on the conversations we've had with our listeners, apparently Mickey and Mallory, you could be shameless in front of them too. Oh yeah, so. we encourage it. <laughs> All right, so we've got one last question for you. I'm going to leave that for Mallory because it is hers and it's hilarious. Okay, so many, many, many moons ago, I thought I was going to start a career in the medical industry, right? So I started nursing school and I was in there only for a brief moment. And I had a friend who says she got crabs by wiping herself and her goodies with like a leaf in the woods. Mm. And there's a lot of these like little stories out there. Like I caught up from a toilet seat or whatever it may be. Is there something that stands out to you that was like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Help help me out with this real quick. Your friend said she caught crotch crickets from a toilet seat. Yeah. And I mean, from a leaf, from From a leaf, leaf. like she shit in the woods, they were camping and came back with crabs, had nothing to do with the guy she went camping with. So if a hoe shits in the woods, does it make a sound? Yeah, it sounds like scritch, scritch, scritch. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I just going, I don't think that adds up. All right. So Dr. Rick, what's the craziest form of contraction you've heard other than someone catching crabs from a leaf in the woods, which is obviously bullshit. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the funniest part to me is always the uh, the human element, you know, the the uh, people that are in denial or, you know, like the lady who thought she got it from being waxed or from a uh, tan bed or like one of my good friends is, uh, he called me one day and his wife had an STD and, you know, he was trying to find some reason for her to have this STD other than having sex with somebody else and I was like sorry man you know I statistically it's almost impossible to catch any of this from any other way that's why they call them sexually transmitted infections they're transmitted by sex and if your partner has it then they don't have sex yeah it's not the colder flu sir <laughs> right so you know the uh I'm still not sure if he believed me, but, but I wasn't there to ruin his marriage. I just gave him the answer. You know, I had to give him, and sorry, man. That <laughs> but, sucks. That sucks so much. But yeah, the human element's always always the funny part to me. The, uh, you know, the uh, one of the funniest things is uh, right. This is probably bad, but uh, had a young man come into the office one day many many years ago. He was a 17 year old kid, and he had a rash, and 
so he, he was a little embarrassed to show me his rash but uh, you know he he'd been careless and I wanted to kind of teach him a lesson so he dropped his pants and showed me the rash and I looked at it and said oh man that's AIDS <laughs> and uh, he was terrified I was like no I'm just messing with you but use a condom next time and, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Dr. Rick is my kind of doctor. He probably shit himself right there. Bless his heart. <laughs> That's it. Pulled, I'm out. <laughs> he pulled his pants back up. He says, You know, doctor, that's really not that funny. I said, Yeah, I know, but use, use a condom next time. <laughs> that is crazy. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to add one question to the end here because I think it's important. And I think in the lifestyle, maybe we convince ourselves. Of, of a level of safety that maybe isn't there. How safe is oral sex? How safe are blowjobs? And how safe is eating pussy from contracting some form of STI? And how likely is it that somebody's going to use protection in those cases? Right. It's uh, very unlikely they're going to use protection. Yeah. And I think it's because it decreases the pleasure and they don't realize the, the likelihood of catching something. Um, it is uh, highly likely you're going to catch something that way. Uh, the HPV is very contagious that way. The herpes virus is very contagious that way. And, you know, anytime you exchange bodily fluids, you're taking risk. And, you know, let's face it, that's what we're about. We take more risk than the average person because we have more fun than the average person. And it's just a matter of what risk you want to take. But last time I was at Hedo, uh, there was a car wash by the pool, and which is a fun time. But at the end of the car wash, there was a lady that, got down and sucked every dick that came through the car wash. And if you look at the statistics of, of how many people have STDs, you know, she contracted something that day, guaranteed. Um, the, it's just not a wise move. So I'm not saying don't have fun, but just weigh your risk and your benefits. And are you getting enough benefit out of that situation to take that kind of risk? You know, it depends. It's your choice. Fair enough. My wheels are turning now. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that this entire episode has called into question a lifetime of bad decisions. It really has. I feel like... You have fucked my life up, Dr. Rick. <laughs> well, we don't want our listeners... Like I said, no one's joining, you know, the monastery or convent based on this episode, right? Like, that's not what we've accomplished here. But I do have one final thought. Final, final, final. Final, final, final thought. We are behaviorally more likely to use a condom during penetration sex and not oral sex. So when you think about it, a, a female, me, is like, yeah, totally have to cover that to put it in my pussy, but in my mouth, completely fine. Yeah. Just something to think about, like, with our psyche. Yeah, that's... Uh, kind of fucked up and kind of hilarious. Something we're going to have to kick around, but... You know, when we come back to see you guys next week, we're doing something special. We were told you about this in the intro, but we're doing something special when we come back next week. We're going to bring you Dr. Aisha Bailey. Dr. Aisha Bailey is a sex-positive lifestyle marriage counselor, PhD in clinical, psych or, uh, clinical sexology. And a badass. And a badass. And Love she's going to talk about how do your marriage survives an STI, how your marriage mm -hmm. survives an STD. How you survive your relationship, yep. How does mm -hmm. lifestyle survive it? So we're going to bring you another expert next week to talk about this stuff. But in boom, the meantime, we got to thank Dr. Rick for spending an hour with you guys. I know this episode was long, but I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it to have the conversation. I think it's worth it to have the balls to talk to your partners about it, to talk to your doctors about it. And I'll come up with any excuse to talk to Dr. Rick. And so I will 
absolutely go out of my way to talk to Rick, <laughs> Dr. Rick and his absolutely staggeringly beautiful Southern Belle wife. She could read her ABCs to me. That would be just fine. But Dr. Rick, thank you so much for joining us here on Casual Swinger. And I hope you'll be willing to do this again as more questions that surround medical and the lifestyle come up. I mean, I think people need this and I think you're providing a value service. So thank you, sir. Well, thank you for having me. All right, great. Well, guys, we're going to let Mallory describe how to find us, and we're going to get out of here. Mallory, tell everybody where we are. Oh, come on now, guys. You know where to find us. We're Casual Swinger everywhere. That is Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SLS, SDC, Cassidy, and Double Date Nation. Please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. We are also available to chat and answer your questions podcast at Casual Swinger. And if you're looking for us, you could also find us at CasualSwinger.com. That's right. And if for some reason you've got a giant hard on to find us on a new platform, we joined a new platform this week called Luminary. Ooh. So you can listen to us in yet another place. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, and this has been a conversation on STDs and you've been listening to Casual Swinger. <laughs> <laughs>